This is your Anime DGEN's Weekly Rundown 24. Let's get it! Welcome back, guys. Uh, on this week's rundown, we'll be doing Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, uh, Episode 15, Zom 100, Episode 2, Roroni Kenshin, Episode 2, Jujutsu Kaisen, Episode 2, and One Piece, Episode 1069. Nice. Just to, just to, let, you, <laughs> just to let you guys know, uh, One Piece will be on a break next week, uh, so we won't be covering it on the weekly rundown. Um, but how are you boys doing? Good. I think that might be the only time I get to make a 69 nice joke like <laughs> ever because everything's seasonal now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get it every hundred, every hundred episodes of, of One Piece at least. Nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll hear from me in two years. <laughs> Rip. GG's. Well, awesome. Tyler, you want to get to start with Bleach? Yeah, let's let's go with Bleach. Uh, it's episode fifteen. Peace from shadows. Yuhabaha has set his plan into motion with another invasion of the Serate. This time, the Soul Reapers believe they're prepared to fight off the Stern Ritters. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> let's just get right into it. Do do y'all believe they're ready to like take on the Stern Ritters? They were feeling they were looking real confident uh, and they thought they were clapping this whole episode. And then <laughs> it was doing absolutely nothing. It was hilarious. Yeah, definitely. It was a little rough. I also just want to say I'm really proud of us for actually just like spelling Yuhabaha out in our notes now so we don't fuck it up. <laughs> you know, I, I got tired of saying Baba Yaga. Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to happen so, again, bro. So I went ahead and spelled it out for you guys. <laughs> That's funny shit. But yeah, uh, the episode basically opens up with the Stern Ritters uh, planning on a way to take over the Soul Society, you know, take over their hope, uh, Soul Reaper's hope. And uh, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Like, Yuhabaha uh, basically told them, you know, eliminate everyone immediately at once. And that's that's what their goal is. Uh, we got uh, Jugram, the right hand uh, besides Ishida. You know, mm-hmm. he just went straight for, uh, straight for you know the captain, the big, the big main dude now, um, and he was like, "Why are you coming here? You must know that either you know that I'm captain, or you know, or you just you just made a mistake." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was pretty perceptive by uh, that Yuhu Yuhubara uh, was like, "Yeah, just." Do everything quickly as possible. Um, they even went into like, yeah, he doesn't really like war. Uh, he just finds this necessary for peace. That's what everybody says that tries to start a war, right? Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then like, you know, like also telling his, you know, the Stern Raiders that, you know, they're going to be looking for ways to get their Bankai back. And they were going to fight a little bit differently because they don't have Bankai. It was all good direction. That's good leadership, you know, preparing your folks. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was interesting that they showed um, one of the fights they showed was uh, Toshiro versus Boss B. And 
Uh, it's been mentioned a bunch throughout Bleach that the, di- the only difference between uh, Toshiro's uh, Bankai and his Shikai is that he's just got more ice and can turn right. into a badass flying dragon. So, like, there isn't a big power spread between his two. He's just a really gifted swordsman. And he still got fucking clapped. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these captains are kind of shit out of luck, it looks like. I mean, Baz B, you know, he's he's just a hothead. He's 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 pretty badass too, you know. Uh, but most most of these captains don't have a bankai now, and I I know they've been training hard to uh, level up without a bankai now, but I don't think it's going to be tough for them to face people like Basby um, without a bankai. So. Yeah. I really loved how uh, Toshiro and, and Matsumoto a uh, little combination attack for like the vacuum ice or whatever they were calling it. Uh, they were really thought they, they really thought they were doing something. And Bosby was like, "Y'all, y'all think y'all can really hold me like this? Like, y'all not serious right now, right?" <laughs> and they were they were like, "Retreat, retreat!" It was it was. I was hoping the Soul Reapers were gonna have a little bit more smoke to come with, but they, I mean, right now they're completely out, outclassed, you know. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that they did point out in the episode, which I had forgotten actually from the manga, is that the Quincy's were just hiding in the shadows in the Seriate, essentially, in the, you know, in, in the soul world. And everything in the Seriate is made of Reishi, which is where the Quincy's get their power. So, like, they've just been chilling for a thousand years, just literally, like, harnessing energy this entire time. That's why they're so fucking strong. Yeah, they, they have a huge amp by being in the Seriate. Yeah, like if they were on Earth, they'd be getting clapped right now. They don't got infinite firepower, essentially, if they're, you know, not surrounded by Reishi. So I thought that was interesting. But I was really glad we got to see our girl Rangiku. Always good. <laughs> Always <laughs> good seeing our girl Rangiku. Yeah, even though even though she even though she got clapped, well, not necessarily clapped, but run off by our boy Baz B. But it was still fun seeing her. The one not, time not clapped in the sense that some of the viewers <laughs> of the show would be hoping for <laughs> no, no, no names no, no. not me definitely not me yeah i thought it was cool um how it was explained that they were just literally hiding in the shadows some some weird space-time shit going on and they actually were like weren't, weren't having to like break through the barrier they were actually already inside of the soul, soul uh, shield membrane um my my yuri uh big pedal face um he kind of like realized that in a way he said you know he, he completely got rid of shadows in his lab for that reason and i'm not sure why he just didn't tell everybody that you're talking about kurosichi kurosichi yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't i wasn't gonna attempt that <laughs> yeah no kuratsuchi he's kind of like the guy who just does he does what he wants i mean he's the head Very of r&d and i feel like he's doing a lot of sketchy shit in that little lab of his but the fact that he walked out looking like a fucking glowing sunflower had me cracking up like obviously in the manga it's just it's just black and white right yes. so i didn't realize he was gonna come out looking like the fucking day man like it's bright as shit. <laughs> I, I it was really giving me supersonic vibes. When when he walked out in the manga, when I read it for the first time in the manga, I was cracking up. I was like, this man, he made himself uh basically a flower 
that emits light <laughs> just so he can keep his secrets under wrap. Yeah, he wasn't having it. <laughs> he really wasn't, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the dude was like, you're not going to chase me right now? And he, he was like, no, I still need a few more <laughs> a few more minutes to figure out what you got going on. Yeah, bro Evaluate was like, I, you. Yeah, bro was like, I, I ain't running you down. I don't have enough intel. Did, did you guys see Nemu's fucking fresh ass fit she had on behind him? She had like a top hat and her boobs just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all I remember to read the manga is I thought he looked like uh Cone, the fucking lion stuffed animal that they put the uh the whatever yeah. the, mm-hmm. the soul in. Yeah. And I just didn't realize he was gonna come out glowing like the golden god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think visually, like my favorite part of this episode was like right at the beginning. Uh, where they showed like the title and all the stern readers were sitting like, well, the head stone readers was like sitting around the table. I thought that shit was so clean. Uh, they were making like their war plans and whatnot. And it kind of like uh, shifted the camera angle to where you were looking down the table and it had like the title, the episode of the title on the table. I Very actually creative. like how they're doing that shit that, you know, they, they made like, they do that stuff in the manga so well, like uh place the, uh, um, the t- the episode titles and stuff mm-hmm. on objects and stuff. I'm excited to see uh, how they handle uh, the God of Thunder episode title. <laughs> well, we're all excited for that episode for other reasons. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> if, if if you have Twitter, you've definitely seen the picture I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I want to. I want to see the way they did it in the manga in the anime, like just yeah. the title screen. I want to uh-huh. see that. Just the title screen. But I feel like they've done a similar scene to that in the past. I'm trying to remember if they did that in Hueco Mundo with Aizen and all the Arankar. I feel like they did something similar to that back then. Like, I feel like that's just like a Kubo move with having them all sitting at a table like that. I can't remember sure. that. Yeah, I don't remember either. I was going to say, Bass is probably the one who's watched it the most recently, so. Yeah, good yeah. luck, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what did you guys... Uh, so we actually had a, a fight with uh, B9 and Sanfoy. Uh, Soifon, excuse me. Uh, B9, I, I kind of suspected he wasn't like a real person, but... He, the man's like a full-on robot or something. Um, mecha, baby. Big mecha. A little, little android action, dude. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And there was actually a really uh, nice scene with him. He did like his little scatter rocket attack. Um, I thought that was a, definitely like a screensaver moment right there with all those rockets coming out of his body and shit like exploding in the background. And then we also saw Soifan get... I don't know if she's actually clapped. She actually got blown up in the sky. And I'm a little worried about her. Um, well, they said they said that uh, you know her uh, spiritual pressure uh, got erased. So Ooh. usually that means um, bad things happen. So yeah, it's, this isn't great. They're trying to like you know they're trying to jump the uh, Stern Ritters and they're just getting demolished. It was cool to see her use her Shunko though, her like crazy ass fucking wind ability that she used. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was badass. That's not her Bankai. I mean, we saw two very excellent, you know, uh, I guess warriors or fighters is what I'm going to call it, you know, and they still got clapped. So Soul Society's got some shit to worry about, man. I mean, they got to get this training done for Rukia, Byakuya, <laughs> Renji, and Ichigo ASAP. So they have a fucking chance. Yeah, they're getting dropped like flies right now. And I don't I, I don't think Toshiro is too far behind uh, uh, Soifan right now. 
Well, they they said that his uh, spiritual pressure was gone too. And oh same shit! Finish, yeah, I don't even remember so, that. Holy yeah, fuck! Yeah, I said both of their spiritual pressures was gone, so we don't know what happened to them. But we're we're assuming that they're down for the count right now. So they're definitely down. I don't know about the yeah. count, but yeah, we're assuming. We're assuming. yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're definitely down bad. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, Basby really wasn't even trying like that. Super sad. He's like, let me let me turn up the two finger pistols. Or whatever the hell he's got going on. It's basically yeah. pistols. Well, if you if you think about it though, he was using his entire hand, which was putting out a wider blast radius essentially, mm-hmm. and then he went to one. So if you take all that firepower and put in one finger's worth of area, I guess, it's gonna be stronger. You know, it's just it's how shit works. Or just right? ice, at least. So well, it's probably the same amount of firepower, if not more, put into one steady stream. So uh, yeah, I, I think he was just I think it stepped up the power yeah definitely when he went to one finger because he was just kind of bullshitting at first uh, I do think two fingers has more power than the one uh, from from what we saw but yeah he's he's oh, not even I, I meant over the even. whole hands like oh, when he was okay, doing whole okay. hand blasts and shit gotcha, you know like gotcha. just making a rain fire these poor smugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> I did really enjoy how um, Mauricio he kind of had like his moment in this episode, though, because he's always been like a lazy fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's the first time they introduced his little sister, Mareo, but um, good for him, man. Good for him stepping up and protecting his little sister and taking that blow and everything else from uh, BG9. So, yeah, that was a really heartfelt scene. Um, him also trying to you know explain why he had to go fight to his little sister. He's like, I'm not trying to scare you by leaving you. Um, I got to make sure we all don't die. <laughs> or at least try because he, 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 really, he's really not doing shit yeah, he's, got, he's, <laughs> no. got a big, he's got a big ass iron ball he throws around he's not doing shit dude no no he ain't really like that <laughs> yeah it, I, most most of these people that we're seeing they're they're not up to the capabilities of the stern Ridders right now so scary yeah very <laughs> scary for the soul society bro Oh yeah, oh yeah. I really wonder how far this is going to go with like the destruction and the actual takeover. Uh, like I said, dude, if Ichigo doesn't come down, they're pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> let's, be on my man right now. let's be honest. The Soul Society gets clapped every time there's an enemy in Bleach. It's until Ichigo comes and saves the day. <laughs> I'm just ready to see my man Kimpachi though. Where, where he at though? That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, he took down um, Space on her name right now in the last season, so he is officially the scariest motherfucker in the Soul Society. Oh, uh, Unahana? Yeah. What her name is? Yeah, because she's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. the nicest lady in the world in that one episode. She's fucking terrifying. She's the, fucking psycho. An uh, actual the psycho. Yeah. Pachi. Yeah. So. so he earned his title. Um I guess there's two more parts of the episode we want to touch on. Uh, so with Shunsui and uh, Jugram, it was really interesting. Uh, and now has the ability to basically use a Kido that can basically lock away Quincy powers, which must just like negate Reishi or something. Mm-hmm. But Jugram uh, came out and was like, instead of trying to protect it, perfect this ability you really should have taught it to other people because uh everybody else is dying right now because you were too busy trying to figure this shit out <laughs> and, and then it just shows uh it shows so getting fucking blown up 
<laughs> I was like, damn, that is the mic drop of all mic drops. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you, you know, you really fucked this one up, bud. But I'm really excited to see Shunsui and uh, Yugrim go at it if they do. Um, that'll be a fucking awesome fight. Shunsui's fucking coded, so. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then I guess the episode ended with uh, Urahara reaching out to our boy, the Sunflower, saying, I found a way to get the Bonkais back. And that's kind of the cliffhanger we got at the end. So, yeah, that's going to be so clutch. And they need that to happen ASAP. I don't know that they are really even a, a good matchup with their Bonkai, but they, they'll have a better chance than what they're doing. You know, they'll be doing better than what they're doing right now. Yeah, it definitely helps. Well, I mean, when 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 they first came, you know, um, they didn't really have a chance to use their bonkais because it just got stolen away instantly. They right. wanted to provoke people to use their bonkais, and then as soon as they got it, you know, they just took it and then run off, basically. And uh, that's what they wanted to do. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they actually can get their bonkais back and what difference does it actually make when they have their bonkais against these people? Are they more even? I, I think so, honestly. But yeah, I mean, if you, I don't, I don't remember if Bleacher gave us a number, but just spitball. I mean, your Bonkai is gonna be like a hundred times stronger than your Shikai, so it should yeah. probably help. Yeah, and like they also took their Bonkai for a fucking reason, right? That was like their first yeah. priority, and and their pre-attack for a reason. They wanted to take their biggest weapon. They wanted to nullify the thing that could actually hurt them. I think. Um. So it'll be interesting to see if and when they get that shit back, because. And they can use <laughs> it's it going too. Real bad. Like they can use it as well. So, uh, I'm pretty sure is what they said. So, we yeah, just I haven't wonder, seen it yet. I wonder if Dale the Quincy's will actually have to use the the bonkai that they've captured for uh, the method of Uraras uh, to to work. Um, if not, it might be a little bit trickier to get them back. Yeah, I mean, who knows if they brought those little medallion things back with them or anything like that? You know, like. Yeah, I'd probably just leave those at the house if I was the the, the Stern Raiders, just in case um, they do figure out something. Because, I mean, even, you know, their leader was talking about they're going to try to get them back. So I don't know why you would bring them if that's part of the key to getting them back. Yeah, it would be really cool, though, if like the Stern Raider got the Bankai that's like the most effective against the opponent they're going to attack. Oh, that'd be clean. Like say Bosby had Yamamoto's Bankai. I don't remember, I don't think Yamamoto's Bankai actually got stolen. I can't remember. I don't think it, so, it did. honestly. It did? It, it, it did. did. It so, did, like, yeah. imagine if Boz B, who is a fire Quincy, had Yamamoto's Bankai and just fucking blew Toshiro It'd be to hell with Hellfire. Rack. You know, yeah. like, holy shit. But yeah, I think unless uh, unless the group up uh, upstairs comes back down with some <laughs> new powers, I think the, the Soul Reapers are pretty <laughs> fucked right now. Yeah, I just wonder how long they're going to drag this this new invasion out until those people do come downstairs. Can't be more than nine days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to take that long how it's fucking going, goddamn. No. Well, awesome. You guys want to get on to Zom? I'm good for it. Go. Oh. All right, we got Zom 100, Episode 2, A Bucket List of the Dead. Before I get into this, did you guys listen to the intro for this show? Because I don't think they had it the first episode, right? They didn't have it, no. No. It that was, shit was gas. gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the animation they did for the intro was super fun, too. Like, it was just, it just felt like you're watching, like, an old zombie movie, which is awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I love that they still have, like, the scene where he, uh, 
he's running away from the zombies and he's like just smiling with his arms like wide open. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's man. never going to get old for me. No, 100%. But so with newly acquired free time, Tendo plans to lay around all day, but finds himself out of beer. This is one of the worst things that could ever happen on a lazy day. Like you don't want to go to the you don't want to go to the, the the liquor store. You don't want to go pick up beer. So that's tragic. Yeah, man, man, making rookie mistakes out here. That's really unfortunate. There's also a new sleek character. We'll call her Sleek. Sleek <laughs> introduced <laughs> that is taking the zombie apocalypse much more seriously. Will Tendo rethink his new way of life? I don't think so, but. <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't think so either. This um, man been cooped up in his job for the last three years, and he's like, "I'm finally free. It's time for vacation." And he's looking at it like a vacation. So, what's what? What do you need on vacation? Alcohol, baby. You need some beers. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> need, yep. need some beers right now. Need beers every day. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode starts off with uh, Tendo having a dream about work and like. Dude, this guy's just got fucking PTSD or something, man. <laughs> That's so sad. He has PTSD from uh, an office job. <laughs> hey, he he let him he, he let himself have that, bro. Like he should have just left. No, it's, it really yeah. You got to leave when you're in that kind of situation. I mean, dude, it's like a case of the Sunday scaries though, where you have a dream about work like Sunday night and you wake up just like freaking out that you forgot to do something. Like that happens. <laughs> That fucking happens. I don't care. That that'll happen. I've definitely woke up on Sunday and thought it was Monday, and it was like you know, like nine o'clock. I'm like, holy shit, I'm late. <laughs> uh, I, I I I don't wake up a lot. Uh, that happens to me more during the week. I say like the Sunday scaries, but <laughs> but so his dream is that he has like a hundred degree fever. You know, Fahrenheit. I don't know if that is in Celsius, thirty three or something, thirty five, whatever. Oh, and no. his boss is not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad because like any any hotter like you could start you know that's very very serious you got to go to the hospital and he's like yeah i don't give a fuck Tell, you know come talk to me when you're dead i was like that's pretty on character yeah yeah but uh so he wakes him from that he realized it was a dream and uh you know what do you do when you wake up and start your three-year vacation after you haven't left your office building for three years you clean up your dumpy ass trash filled disgusting apartment <laughs> I'm so glad that that was the first thing he did. It was disgust. It was trash bags on the floor, food everywhere. Um, no way he doesn't have rats in that fucking apartment, or at least some cockroaches. Dude, uh, there's definitely some cockroaches in that bitch. Probably flies everywhere. Like, ugh. no, it's like ass. I mean, the zombie apocalypse definitely made it easy for him, dude. So all he had to do is just. Fucking drop it over the, the window. Bench. <laughs> he's, he's just throwing trash out his balcony. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Ain't gotta worry about littering anymore. The body's filled with streets. I mean, the streets are filled with bodies. <laughs> we did. I don't think we've met a character for the streets yet. This one. So there's no bodies full of the streets yet. <laughs> <laughs> But see, so you know what he does while he's cleaning, and I respect the fuck out of this. Opens the fridge, pulls out a beer, cracks it, and we get a close up of the can. And all it says is "Enjoy your life." And I'm like, I fucking love this guy already, dude. This is this is how I clean my house. Oh yeah, oh a hundred percent, man. <laughs> yeah, I was packing all this weekend, and there were there were very casual Miller lights thrown in. <laughs> uh, gotta have them, bro. Oh, Doing dude. a lot of work, you need that cold beer. Keep you hydrated. 
if I'm doing a big fucking clean, like, you know, like tackling like three or four rooms, I'm just pulling out the bottles and making some cocktails and fucking going at it, you know? Like, Atta boy. You got to make it fun, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> you gotta yes. got to do something or you just stop halfway in between. But yeah, so he finishes cleaning and he goes to get like his third beer or something like that. And he makes the most rookie mistake of his life. He realizes he's out of beer during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Tragic. Jeez. GG's bro <laughs> it's a wrap but you know what you can't bum around all day without beer so time to head to the little convenience store and stock up <laughs> yes yeah. and uh you know we also saw on the tv like you know the, the news station it was going down they had uh zombies you know running through their door or, or breaking in the government might not even be up anymore and he is still pretty carefree I'd be kind of fucked up you know New station, eh, eh. But you know, you know, the government, you know, ties to the military. I'd be like, okay, this is starting to worry me a little bit. But I as guess, long as he doesn't have to go to work, he doesn't give a fuck. I guess I would kind of approach that like him, though. I feel like you know, I'm like, well, it's already fucked, so I might as well enjoy the little bit of time I have left on this godforsaken planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. What are you gonna do? Sit there and stress all day and be like, I'm gonna die, or would you just I, have a good time? I would at least make a comment and not be sitting there smiling like, oh, I just need some more beer. <laughs> wait, wait, the last part I might actually go for. I probably would need some more beer. I am just glad I have a nice, nice uh, cabinet section full of booze because I would be able to last a couple weeks with a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Very realistic. Just a couple of weeks. Love it. <laughs> I don't got that much booze. <laughs> They're also all like half full because it's like we'll buy something, make a drink, and, eh, and throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. down to the weird stuff eventually. Are you just drinking triple sec right now, Dan? Yeah, we're down bad. <laughs> <laughs> that smells like diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is I don't think any of us would last if uh, if we had to like go through what our boy went through on the first day after he like was trying to pay his back or. Was this his bike payment due or bike mm -hmm. uh, parking spot due or something yeah, like that? Yeah, this bike There's no way spot. we'd be alive after that. We'd I, be can't dead, bro. I can't run. I'm not a rugby player. I can't run that yeah. fast. No. no, I'm not built for speed. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I can hold it. I can barricade a door and hold it, but I'm not running, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's gonna be doing here slipping on blood, doing his little Titan run. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd actually pay to see that I'd actually I, pay would, good money to see I that. would pay good money to see that It'd be so funny <laughs> Awesome So he starts to go on his beer run And since the staircases are crawling with zombies This psychopath decides to like Climb down like a gutter <laughs> And he runs into like another family In his apartment complex The I think it was the Kosakas who were living on like a floor below him or something like that. And mm -hmm. they're freaking out. They're like, what are you doing? Leaving your house? All this stuff. They're panicking. He's like, I'm going to the convenience store. You guys uh, need anything? <laughs> Man said, I'm going to get some beer. They're like, please, toilet paper, food. He's yeah. like, some beer. Okay. That two-ply. Get us the two-ply. <laughs> that was a stuff. crazy request in the middle of a fucking apocalypse. Hey man, one plus sucks. I totally get it. I respect the fuck out of it. Give me the give me that Charmin Ultra. <laughs> yes. And I, I have told everybody I lived with, 
never skimp on the fucking toilet paper. Don't you ever bring one ply into my household. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's just not fucking worth it, man. It's like Get you some Charmin Ultra Soft, bro. Just like 50 cents less and you need three times as much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Zom actually, you know, like as he was climbing down uh, or when he started his climb down the, the you just call him Zom? Sorry, I said Zom? <laughs> I said Zom? Tendo, my bad. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, he, he said something that I thought was fucking crazy. He was like, I'd rather be eaten by zombies than go a second without beer. Um, I, 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 he's got the spirit. He's got the spirit right. But I don't know man. if I'd go that far. <laughs> oh, no, Tyler. My man. <laughs> My fucking man, dude. <laughs> so I guess we get to the highlight of this episode, and he makes it to the convenience store, and uh, he meets somebody else who is uh, not zombified. And we didn't hear her name yet, but she's like the most practical fucking person we've seen in the show. Yes. Strategic as hell, bro. Like oh, she's yeah. purple haired girl is like she's dialed the fuck in. Like she literally like we get kind of like a flashback scene to before her going to the store. She's making like her like how to survive the zombie apocalypse thing to counter uh, Tendo's bucket list. Mm-hmm. And it's like work out every day. Don't eat sugar. Like all this bullshit to stay at peak physical form, and Tando's over here like, dude, I just need a good fucking cold one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna clean my room and get a cold with me. I'll be good. Um, yeah, she ran like she runs like six miles in the morning. Um, some calisthenics, and then like she, yeah, like you said, she was making like her spreadsheet. She even had like binoculars, looking out the window at the different types of zombies and trying to get like get their tendencies. Um, she was getting all kinds of fucking intel. Um, it was That's it was. That's why she's got that GoPro too, is uh, to go out and do her little runs and get actual video of all the different kinds of zombies in other areas. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She was up there saying, you know, uh, she was saying, like, you know, this one's running, this one's running. I'm sorry, this one's walking, this one's walking, and this one's running. So it's like every third one is a runner. And she's like, I just got to figure out, you know, what to do to avoid them running after me. But she I mean, did a good job uh, getting to the actual store. Because none, none of the needs, zombies follow, follow, follow her at all. All she needs is to create a train and throw a well-placed grenade and turn half of them into crawlers. And then she can do all her stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Straight out, of, straight out of COD zombies, dude. I know how to, I know how to survive a COD or a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. I've played a lot of COD. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, so uh, Tendo goes into the uh, convenience store and like, you know, He's lo- he's about to load up on beer and he sees the girl next to him and she's, you know, drinking some water. She has actual food, water, um, she some vitamins, I believe it was as well. And she just looks over at him and is just like this fucking dumbass. She looks at his basket full of fucking beers and like completely <laughs> ignores him. And uh, she's like, yeah, you don't analyze risk very well, do you? I don't want to be attached to somebody that. Uh, that that uh, I think is going to get me killed. But. <laughs> We we know for a fact though she's gonna be the love interest. It's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. There's not many of them left, so uh <laughs> you know, you know, she she might just get lonely. I could I could see her just getting lonely, but like I'll just uh, you know, I'll I'll pick up the slack for this stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe feeling sorry for him, you know. True. He, he does he does save her. Well, he thinks he saves her. I don't think she needed saving at that moment, but no. We'll give no, it to him, you know. She, she came in so clutch with that GoPro. She saw like a runaway truck that had a zombie driving it. 
and knew it was going to crash right into this convenience store right where he was standing. And she actually pulled him out of the way and saved his life. And then this uh, truck just comes careening through the fucking door and kills all the zombies. So they got out of there. They got out of there. All right. Yeah. I actually think he did save her in a way because she was looking down at her camera and she was surprised by the, the truck. And he was like, no, wait, watch out. And she looked up really surprised that there were a bunch of zombies in front of them. Um, so I think they kind of saved each other. So hopefully he got some some brownie points for the next time he sees her. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. I mean, there's only yes. so many convenience stores in the area, so they're going to run into each other again, you know? 100%. One of my uh, favorite moments of this show, though, was the uh, him being embarrassed because he was literally singing like a crazy song, like a beer run song when he went into there. And he was like, oh, this is a cute girl. And I was just singing an embarrassing song and i was just like bro <laughs> bro worried about this and those zombies out the door <laughs> like i just i don't think tendo gives a fuck about the zombies dude no. he just i think he's no. figured out that as long as he's got wheels he can get away or he can run you know he's good to go i mean yeah man's living on a higher plane right now <laughs> we do get to see him make a couple upgrades though because his bike gets smashed to hell by this truck Mm-hmm. And he, he finds a little scooter and he's scooting around. And then all of a sudden he sees a badass knockoff Harley Davidson. I think it said like Lori Hutchinson or something on it. Yeah, I was cr- yeah. It was something like that. I was crying. I was like, oh, no so product. I got the bike of my dreams. I'm no like, product placement in this one. Yeah. So he gets a motorcycle. He's got goggles that came out of nowhere and he's living the dream, dude. I love it for him. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think him like realizing he could have died right there um, made him take his bucket little bucket list a little bit more serious or like maybe the situation a little bit more serious because he goes back home and he's like, you know what? I actually need to write this list down and get this shit done. Uh, I almost got got right there. So we saw him write down like his hundred things he needs to do. I don't know what's on it because I, I can't I can't read um, in that <laughs> language. <laughs> I can't read in general, but especially a different language. Um but yeah, no, I would. I liked how that kind of changed his mind a, a little bit about how he's living. One of the things he put on there, um, there at the end, uh, it said, uh, visit his family. And I think, I think visit his friends or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you actually think that there's a chance that they're still alive if he goes and visits? I hope somebody is. Yeah. That would be really sad otherwise. Because they made it a point to stick around on that a little bit. So it makes me want to believe that, you know, that's pretty, that that happens pretty soon or something like that. Or a big significance in the storyline or, you know, so. Yeah, I know, like, a few of the things on his list. One was try growing dreadlocks, and I cracked up reading that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That boy just wants strange, bro. He had some of the dumbest shit, like go to an all-you-can-eat crab buffet, like <laughs> drive. You a can't ca- do that, bro. You dri- can't do that. Drive an RV was on there, like just a bunch of dumb shit. So be curious to see how it plays out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I I I would love to see him grow dreads. I'm just Not curious really. how like power is still on at this point, though, like. Usually it don't take long for power to go off in a situation like this, or technically in the movies, you know, so. Yeah, I guess as long as it's 
there's no weather to cause it to go down because I mean zombies aren't gonna mess up the grid unless they start hitting telephone poles with trucks, but Well they need stuff to you know, they need people in there to regulate shit, right? Only in, people, you know. I think it's only in the event of outages and they have to transport like, you know, move shit around. I don't know. I'd have I have a yeah. buddy who works in the grid, but I'd have to ask him. Yeah, I don't know how exactly it works. I don't know how like manual it is like in the actual, you know, the the plants or whatever you got going on where you're yeah, at. I, I think so. it's it's more about um managing like peak power. Uh, okay. You know, like when everybody gets home from work at like, you know, 536, there's a big spike in power in the evenings during the week. That's not and a problem right weekends. now, though. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was going to get to is like, yeah, it's not a really an issue. But Purple Haired Girl was very concerned about having power. So she had like a bunch of uh, batteries she had for like small appliances and things like that. So it may become an issue for our boy Tendo. But, he, you know, we know he just doesn't give a shit right now. <laughs> He's got beer to solve all his problems, dude. Hey. <laughs> Awesome. You guys want to get into our next show? Yeah, let's do it. So next, guys, we got uh, Roroni Kenshin, Episode 2, Tokyo Samurai, Yahiko, Muejin. Muejin, excuse me. Um, the second one was a little better. <laughs> thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so while worrying about finding new students for uh, Kenshin and uh, Karu, uh, bump into a little pickpocket kid uh, with a smart mouth and then afterwards Kenshin is confronted about the sword hanging on his waist uh, guys they it seems like they're kind of blazing through uh, the old storyline pretty quickly um, I don't think all of this what happened in this episode happened uh, I think it was maybe episode three and four uh, in the original so I like the speed of this going on but you think episode... it's like more of a like a Kai version of Roroni Kenshin like a faster version I wouldn't say that. I just think that the way they adapt uh, manga into anime now is it's a lot more condensed. Um, they would they would just slow things down a lot back in the day. I mean, like the reason Kai like DBZ Kai is so much faster than DBZ is because they removed like 200 episodes of filler. <laughs> right. There really wasn't much filler that I remember in a, the original, but yeah, it was just like a little bit slower paced. They They spent some time on scenes that didn't really mean too much and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of that going on here uh like we were talking about on last episode and the, you know in the first episode of Haruni kitchen the original they kind of just showed him walking into the town all aimlessly they didn't do that so for example they're just doing small things like that to speed it up big fan yeah same uh so the episode starts guys with a uh, uh Kaoru, uh sitting in the empty dojo you know they're thinking we've cleared the kashin dojo's name we're going to get our students back. We're going to get some money flowing. And that just did not happen. And she's freaking the fuck out and she's pissed. I would be too. These two uh, bandit brothers have completely ruined my business and my life's work. Um, but Kenshin's, you know, telling her, you know, we'll figure it out. Let's go to town and pick up some supplies. And that's where they run into our boy, Yahiko. Uh, just like in, in the original, he kind of just brushes by Kenshin and, uh, he steals his wallet, and uh, Kairu is not really having any of that shit. She's like, that's a fucking pickpocket. Grabs his <laughs> wrist, gets the wallet back, throws it to Kenshin, and Kenshin's like, you know what? If you need it, take it. Sorry, little kid. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me. You earned it, buddy. 
And Yahiko was just not having that shit. He's like, I'm not a little kid, which, bro, you definitely are. You're like 10 <laughs> years old. Um, and he kind of explains that he's the son of a samurai from the, the previous era. Um, and seems like he has like a very strong spirit. Kylie, did you have it? Uh, Tyler, did you have any thoughts about the scene? Yeah, like I, I thought I'd watched this episode, and Yahiko like sounds like a familiar name mm-hmm. to me. And uh, but I didn't really remember everything that everything that happened in this uh, this um episode though. But I just I found that funny that. I mean, it fits, it fits, you know, uh, Kenshin's, uh, you know, demeanor, I guess you can say, giving it back to him. I thought it was pretty funny that he was, he basically changed his boy's way of living just by being kind to him. And that, that's, that's, that happens more often than you think in like the real world. So I think so, man. I think so. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Definitely. And I think some of the things that Kitchen said to him as well, I mean, I don't remember the lines word for word, but it's something along the lines of like, yeah, you're a bigger man than that little body of your shows or something like that. And, um, you know, I think that just kind of changed Yahiko's, you know, uh, perception of life, like Tyler was saying, which I think was, you know, going to be like a big moment, honestly, in Yahiko's like character growth right there in two seconds. Yeah, he definitely showed him some respect. Uh he told Kenshin, I'm not a little kid. Um, and he's like, okay, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry for, you know, disrespecting you. Um, and he, yeah, he just showed him some kindness, some respect. And that got him thinking a little bit. He's like, you know, why am I stealing from these? I think it was like, you know, why am I stealing from these, you know, decent people? Um, I'm not being who I think I should be. And I, it, we saw him kind of change his ways later. Yeah, that definitely comes up in a later scene in the show, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we also had uh, Kaoru uh, wondering why Kenshin, you know, kind of decided to live as a Roroni, which I thought was a great point. You know, he seems like he could be like a, a normal, successful individual outside of, you know, being an old samurai or could have continued in the army. Uh, it's probably what she's thinking. And uh, I don't know if Tyler remembered uh, uh, this far into the, uh, the series, but uh, I was also wondering why he was a Roroni at this point. Um, towards the end of the episode, uh, Kaoru kind of gave her explanation of why she, why she thought uh, Kenshin was a Roroni. What, what was your thought about that, Tyler? And I'm directing most of the questions towards you because you haven't seen the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hot, I mean... Hot seat. Uh, what'd you say? I said hot seat. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as this goes, like... Um, I really don't worry about stuff like that. Why, why he is what he is, you know, I just worry about the actions he takes really. But uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that he, I'm pretty sure he sums it up in somewhere in this episode. Um, I think when he was talking to, um, the, I, I don't, I'm not sure who he is, uh, like the commander, his old boss or something like that. Yamagata. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, just, it, it's like the general essentially yeah when he was talking to him he told him kind of why he decided to do it and he i think he said something along the lines that um he wanted to go around and help people and um instead of helping the nation or something like that he wanted to help the people 
something like on very loose terms, something like that. So, um, which it also Solid. fits the way he is. You know, we we see we're seeing little by little what he actually is, what his character stands for. He's not this big bad, you know, killer. You know, he's he's just a a guy that cares about um a lot of people uh, and stuff like that and um we saw it with yahiko and now we're seeing it again when he you know uh got cornered by the sword bearing police which i'm sure we'll talk about um and it's 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 just his nature it's just his his it's just his style so um yeah he's a very kind person yeah he's a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a a bit of a dweeb at the same time. He's like a klutz, <laughs> I should say. He's a more of a klutz or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> Very timid individual. You would never expect him to be, you know, fucking Potosai. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, if, remember, if these were the exact words they used, but he talked about using his, he didn't want to use his swords to fulfill other people's ideals. And he thought he'd be more useful, like Tyler said, you know, making a difference. And if he can make a difference in one person's life with his sword, it's better than, than trying to make a difference for somebody else's ideals he potentially doesn't agree with. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he also I think he also added a part where like he. Yeah, it, it was part of what you said, Dan, but he didn't want to get told what to do and wanted to use his own morals to dictate who he helped and how he helped them. Which I guess that ties into both what you both are saying. But yeah, he, he spelled it out for a little bit. A little bit for us, but we're gonna. I think we're gonna see uh, that concept really grow and grow throughout this series, and I'm very, very excited, guys. Like I said, I've been saying this is this is my one for the summer right here. Very, very. Excited. Me, I like I like this kind of character. This this is one of my favorite kinds of characters. You know, where uh, he don't give a shit about you know what everyone else says. He just cares about helping the good people. You know. And he doesn't really care about what happens to him, really, as long as the good people, you know, like K, uh, uh, Kaori, Kaoru, I think, is her name Kauru. correct? Yeah, Kaoru. There we go. Uh, as long as she's like okay, and like the townspeople are okay, you know, then he don't really care about his well-being. So, yes. Um. I think Dan just killed the fly. He's very. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't. I have this one fly in my room, and I have been. I keep muting to try and kill it, and it's pissing we, me off. We literally see it fly back and forth. Oh, just, camera. Dude, all the pretty lights, man. The fly loves him. He's up in my like big ring light right now, just mocking me. Dan is on the hunt right now, guys. Just so y'all are aware. I'm like. Um, Full on taking the towel and rigging it up like I want to smack somebody in the ass of the pool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, f- I, from there, uh, kind of wondering why uh, Kenshin became a Roroni, uh, we saw kind of a shadowy figure uh, arrive in a very nice uh, carriage. Uh, ended up being uh, Yamagata. He came to town looking for uh, Kenshin. And uh, he went and talked to the sword-bearing police, uh, the head of the sword-bearing police about, you know, this guy and he's like you know i I don't think he's here blah 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 blah. and he kind of explains who kenshin is as a person and he you know because the sword bearing uh, police i guess director is like you know why are you why are you really concerned about him and he's like you know he was really always a, a good person um someone i want back in my army and uh obviously a, a cold-blooded swordsman and it was kind of cool to see him praise him in front of another person um, but he kind of finally realized they get they get a call from the street from the sword bearing police about 
them getting like a squadron of them getting murked by one man with red hair and a scar on his face. And Yamagata's like, yo, get me down there right in the fuck now. That's him. That's him. That's my guy. I need <laughs> to go see him. Boy. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we get to see some, they really frame the sword bearing police very well for us, right? They're not just some decent policemen. They're very corrupt. Um, you know, before Kenshin really starts going crazy on them at, and we get to see it, uh, they're tell, you know, the, the, the squad leaders, like, you know, if anybody resists, if anybody moves, slash them down, which is terrible because they're just civilians. They're not armed and they're, they're not going to hurt them. They, they really frame them as, you know, this corrupt organization and Kenshin, like defending the common man, which is, I think is going to be a, a common theme in this going throughout. Um, and they actually end up quartering Kenshin and uh, Kaoru. And they're like saying like, you know, we'll slash your clothes off if you don't like come with us and we'll completely humiliate her in the middle of the street. And he's like, nah, bro, I'm not, that's, this is it. I, I can't deal with you guys anymore. And he starts knocking out everybody and they just can't believe it. The townspeople see that, you know, he's actually really, really helping them. And then our man Yam Yamagata shows up. Yeah, I did love how the townspeople were like cheering him on and everything mid fight. I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah, they were like, that boy nice. That boy nice. <laughs> One thing I want to highlight is that the sword bearing police, like you mentioned, were really fucked up. But the leader was like, you know, if you don't kill with your sword or something along these lines, like you're going to get rusty. And that's why he's going after people. And it's like, bro, that's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was a squad leader. There's like a head. Uh, that kind of just pretty much stays in the building. There was like a squad leader on the street, and that guy is a fucking menace. Yeah, they're they're like all like well, mainly him. He's like a huge, huge instigator. Yep. Like he basically said that he was like, um, and I I think I think personally he was gonna do it, but he basically said that he was trying to provoke uh, Kenshin into uh, um. Wanting 100%. to attack that way, they could fight him. They all they wanted to do was fight. So at this point, so um, because they're the only ones with swords or whatever. So it's pretty wild. Bunch yeah, of big bad boys. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you see it. The guy with the weapons always the tough guy. You know, you see it with police these days and everything else too. So yes, nothing, okay. not much has changed since the since the uh, the Meiji era. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and like, uh, so we also, I, I forgot to mention some things about, you know, uh, Yamagata talking to the head of the sword bearing police, who actually seems to be like a pretty decent individual. I don't think he really knows what a lot of his, his, uh, I'm going to just call them troops or policemen are doing out in the street. And well, so going off of that, he did say that the sword bearing police were added to the force because of the two bandits who were basically killing everyone yes, the roadside yes. killings and i think he's just actually the head of the police like he's the police chief so he oversees okay the they had other, similar uniforms so that confused me a little bit yeah all the sense. police do and he was saying that he's the head of the police and they added these brutes and i can't control them because they're so fucking <laughs> arrogant right. yeah. so like he's not like a bad guy he just got put in a tough situation you yeah know? he, he kind of just needed them and had to add them on yeah um, Let, let's but, be real though i don't think that uh the sword bearing police could have handled the fake bodasai so i really oh, not, don't a, think not, they a, not a fucking shot dog they, they no. would have got, got got wrecked yeah um but yeah yamagata also explains that you know kenshin has saved 
countless lives of the revolutionaries and like you know he never ever like killed for his own will our own self-interest and he really only did it for the you know to bring about the meiji area era um which i thought was a very good point to for narrative purposes to point out and it was a great way that, way that they did it it seemed very natural um but then yamagata gets down to actually talk to kenshin and you know they kind of got into why kenshin wasn't going to join and you know he wanted to have the personal freedom that we talked about you know for a couple of minutes previously and um you know and then the people actually realizing that kenshin wasn't an evil person and the botosai was a good dude so very cool stuff yeah definitely and i uh, want to touch on two more things uh so as we mentioned uh yahiko tried to pickpocket kenshin and got caught but you know made made it out essentially but he is walking down the street after getting approached by the two thugs he's kind of working for who are just kind of holding him up like if he doesn't get money they just kick the shit out of him and yep. um he sees an old lady drop her her wallet and instead of just taking it like a pickpocket would he actually gives it back to her which you know that just shows how much tension affected him in one little two minute scene so I think we've got our first student of the Kamiakashin Dojo coming. Potentially, yeah. I think so. I think I, so. I, I'm just spitballing here. Definitely <laughs> never read or watched this story. Well, I mean, <laughs> from someone that hasn't seen this part yet or the third episode for sure, you know, I definitely was like, "Is he gonna? Is he gonna?" I thought he was gonna go there and become a student. And instead, we show, we seem like um, on the riverbank or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, but I actually thought he was gonna go and man up and say, "Hey, can y'all can y'all help me? Help me, uh, you know, defend myself, learn the way." And I actually thought that uh, Kenshin was gonna like um, somehow figure out that he was in trouble and go save him too. So, yeah, um, guys, I, I I kind of. This happens all the time in anime, but I kind of forgot it was like a, such a foreign thing to do. So my parents were here helping me pack uh, for my move in the next couple of weeks or so. And we, you know, I had uh, Kenshin on while we were just like folding clothes or whatever the fuck we were doing. And my mom goes, she didn't say this verbatim. She doesn't cuss. She, uh, she, she goes like, holy shit. When they were beating the shit out of Yahiko, <laughs> they're like, they hit children. And I was like, oh yeah. Like they don't do that in other shows. <laughs> <laughs> she would get their ass beaten anime and i just completely forgot that like that wasn't like a thing in a lot of yeah. other shows <laughs> yeah i feel like we're fully desensitized to it i mean i i've been binging dbz kai and just watching kohan get the shit kicked out of he's literally a five-year-old <laughs> they like palm his head and shit yeah don't even blink an eye no not at all dude i was like man not not that's light work he got off he got off easy this time <laughs> So I just had to add that. I thought that was a pretty funny, funny moment. Oh, definitely, man. Do you guys want to move on to uh, our sorcerers? Let's get it. Yeah, let's go to Jujutsu Kaisen, episode two. It's uh, titled Hidden Inventory 2. Uh, Ghetto and Gojo have found a plasma star vessel. Fushiguro has posted a bounty for the star vessel and chaos ensues. I'm just Basically, spitballing here. I think the next episode might be called Hidden Inventory 3. Dude. I, I would probably <laughs> say <Nice>. so, honestly. <laughs> I think I think we touched on it a little bit uh, last time, and we're pretty confident that they're just naming them Hidden Inventory and probably uh, 
I think the next arc is premature death, so I'm sure it'll, it'll be like premature death <laughs> one, two, or whatever. So yeah, uh, I mean, weren't the original episodes just called Jujutsu Kaisen one, Jujutsu Kaisen two, Jujutsu Kaisen three? Oh, it's been it's been years, bro. Uh, I think uh, that, I didn't know that. I they thought they were just getting around. lazier than me and my summaries for these episodes. It's better than uh, <laughs> it's better than One Piece is saying shit. You know, like what happens in them. You know what I mean? Just wait till I wait till you watch DBZ Kai, dude. It's 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 fucking hilarious. <laughs> I always tell everyone that watches anime, I'm like, yo, whatever you do, do not look at the titles. Do not look at the titles. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. and don't watch the next time on X Y Z thing at the end because they will spoil everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, we get into this episode. Uh, it starts with Ghetto making tea as we hear a curse and suffering person in the background. Um, basically, the person's saying that he's going to quit being a curse user and move back to the countryside and be a farmer and go. And they was just like, what? A curse user being a farmer? You kidding me? Yeah, he's like, you're not going to do that shit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was, I was laughing, bro. And, and like, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I watched this uh, actually earlier today, and like, I started, you know, my little shitty uh, PC speaker. I started. I was like, you know, you know, let me get the good sounds going, and I put my my earbuds in, and I had I ended up replaying the very beginning of the seat uh, of the episode when uh, Ghetto was making tea. So it went from like a normal scene about tea, and I was like, you know, this is odd. Paused it, rewind it. Then I could hear like the groaning and the moaning <laughs> in the background. I was like, yo, this is fucking creepy. And I never would have got it otherwise. Because um, I thought he was just making tea and they were chilling. <laughs> he was chilling, bro. Yeah. What do you mean? Ghetto was chilling. I just love how there's like a gaping hole in the side of this apartment building or whatever he's in. <laughs> and he's just making tea casually in somebody else's house or <laughs> office or whatever it is. I mean... <laughs> When you got it, you got it. You know what I mean? True, so. true, true. And I loved how that like, that that soldier um, was like, you know what? You guys are going to be in trouble. You're just a student. When Bayer gets here, um, he's going to fuck all y'all up. And then Ghetto <laughs> gets a text message. <laughs> and it's just like Gojo memeing with Bayer in the background yeah. with his ass beat all time. <laughs> he's like throwing up a peace sign. <laughs> That was that was great A entertainment, man. I actually I actually laughed out loud. Yeah, for those that haven't watched it, like Gojo was literally like the dude was slumped up on the wall and Gojo was just in front of it. Y'all ever seen that uh that Spider Man meme uh where uh what's his name? Uh I forget his name, just standing in front of the tombstone and Oh yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, it was like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was basically like that, except Gojo was in front of him, he was just putting up the peace sign while taking the selfie of the dude slumped in the background. Oh, it was like, so bro, good. what is this? It was so good. And I just love how arrogant Ghetto and Gojo are, even though they're just like second year students. They already know they're like way stronger than everybody, and they just are like fucking around hardcore. Damn, that fly is not going to eat you, dog. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's just it's landing on me, and I can't fucking deal with it, dude. It's like on my head, on my neck, and I'm like, ah. I'm going to get it. Okay. It, it's okay. Just, my water bottle, so I couldn't hit it without smashing that across the room. <laughs> Sometimes you got to sacrifice, bro. Uh, fuck this fly. But yeah, I think we... Uh, did, do y'all remember when they said that... Uh, I think... Gojo was saying that his screen 
his uh, desktop uh, screensaver or whatever. Uh, his phone background. Do y'all remember him saying that? The name of it? Um, I don't remember. No. No. Well, he he said he said the name of some chick that he has as his uh desktop uh his uh phone background. I sent it. I sent it to y'all. That's the chick, apparently. In uh Discord. <laughs> y'all take a look. At that. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. okay. Our boy Gojo has. They they keep on referencing this shit. You know, of course they referenced uh, Jennifer Lawrence. You know, in the first season. Now they reference uh, this chick, who I forgot her name. She's uh she's like a Japanese, I guess, model is what it looks like. So Gojo's got not? some uh, yeah. some good taste there, bud. Yeah. So Gojo, her man, he he's got a, he's got his eyes set on it. So a hundred percent. He's got them six eyes set on it, dude. <laughs> I love the I love the references though. This uh from like real world. It's, it makes me happy. So <laughs> Hey man, it, it takes place in the real world essentially. I mean, they're doing a good job of like making that seem known, which I like. But yeah. after this whole scene with um well, you guys didn't get to the boat stuff yet, right? No. Okay, perfect. Sorry, I'm I'm in a world of fly torture right now <laughs> so after the whole scene with bayer and the photo which is hilarious um so we get kind of a shift to our new protagonist or antagonist sorry uh backwards uh fushiguru and he's at a boat race just degenerately gambling on boats which i love <laughs> big fan um and kind of the guy who's like giving him the jobs, like, I don't know if it's kind of like the middleman, I guess. He's yes. asking about Megumi, which, you know, just makes us know that Fushiguru is his father. And Fushiguru is like, who? Like, bro's a fucking deadbeat, dude. Like, he might beat Goku out for being the most deadbeat dad in anime. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't really give a shit at all. He was like, uh, he had to like think about it for a second and say, oh, my son. He's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him. <laughs> Which I think they'll get into more down the line, obviously. Um, but it's interesting because he's like, why did you take the entire down payment you got for this job and put it as a bounty? And his response was like, oh, these scrubs can't take down Gojo. I just got to wear him down a little bit before I get in the action. Which, like, that's fucking big brain. Yes. Yes. Um, he actually, you know, he actually mentioned that uh, Gojo was like the first person in like several centuries to have the six eyes and in the limitless technique. And uh, he he knows that he can't just roll up and, and try to fight him, you know, strength off strength. He needs to wear him down. But I got a question. Do you, does anybody know what the six eyes is? I hadn't heard it referenced before. I don't believe. I don't I think they've explained don't. it too okay. much at all yet. Um, but it's those pretty blue eyes. That's all I know. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was just a hose. Um, I mean, we. I was wondering myself, you know, why he always wears like sunglasses or blindfold or something like that. And I'm assuming it has something to do with the six eyes that we just uh, um got told about because I had no idea be. nothing about that. So before, yeah. yeah, if I had to guess, it's probably something that gives him like an exponentially greater ability to um perceive and control cursed energy. And probably if he's not blocking his vision, it's just overwhelming or something like that as he continues growing his ability. That's that's yeah. my guess. You know, that kind of makes sense. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But yeah, we're all familiar with the limit, limitless technique. He's had a, he's had, explained it last season a couple of times. 
Um, but yeah, it's Ooh. just cool to see like Fushiguru, uh, Megami's dad, actually saying, "Yeah, I, I I can't even box him up if he's fresh." So I'm not worried about losing my 30 million at all. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, I I ain't losing it. Yeah. <laughs> but so then we get to a scene where they finally, you know, they're with the vessel and um it's basically she's like you guys are here to like abduct me blah 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 and he, they have to sit there and convince him convince her sorry that they're she allies smacked, she smacked the shit out of gojo that shit was funny as fuck i think gojo <laughs> deserves it i mean gojo <laughs> usually deserves to get slapped in the fucking face <laughs> but what did you guys think about her little rant about being the star I almost just said Star Platinum. That's that's fucking JoJo. Um, <laughs> the Plasma Star Vessel. I got it's, you, dog. It's so fucking close to Star Platinum. <laughs> the Plasma Star Vessel. She's like, goes on this whole rant and she ends with like, I am Tengen-sama and Tengen-sama is me. And I think it's a really interesting way to look at it because I mean, basically being absorbed into him is like a great honor, essentially in the sorcerer world. So it's yeah. kind of crazy that, you know, she's convinced herself of this when she's going to be killed. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 if it's technically assimilation, they just become the same being and like she kind of gets to live on forever. Um, but I, I was surprised that she was excited about it. You know, like if you told me, even if it was a great honor, I would be like, yo, now nah, I'm trying to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get assimilated into anything. I'm me and I'm me. But I thought it was really interesting. At least she she feels this way because if she didn't, uh, then it could kind of make the sorcerers look like bad people as well. So there's a narrative purpose for it, but I'm glad that she feels very, very good about being assimilated. Yeah, for sure. Especially since, you know... Um... Like she, she just wants to have like a normal life while she can, though. Which, and Ghetto tries to. I'm pretty sure Ghetto tries to explain that to Gojo because Gojo's like, I don't really care, man. <laughs> let's just kidnap. Let's just keep her in this little area. And she, she was like, I just want to spend time with my friends and stuff like that. So, I thought it was pretty cool. They letting her like just do kind of what she wants or whatever. So. Yeah, I, I do love how Gojo, like, at least as a young man, is just like, I don't give a shit. Let's just complete the mission. And Ghetto's like, no, let her hang out with her fucking friends, dude. She's going to spend the eterni eternity in what, <laughs> what is basically a glorified basement. Like, give her fucking 30 minutes, dog. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's looking like it. It's looking like it. Um, so we, we actually end up going to the, the missionary school and where they're letting... Uh, uh, Rico spend some time with her friends before her assimilation. Hopefully it's not an actual murder. I would really love that. Um, but Ghetto is sensing that a couple of curses have been exercised and uh, you know, Ghetto, the maid, uh, Kuroi, I don't know how to say that specifically, but uh, those three are like, yeah, it's time to turn on the jets and figure out what the hell's going on. And uh, Gojo and the maid actually go after uh, Rico and they find her in like in like I guess like the chapel of this missionary school and they're singing having a good time and Gojo just like walks in <laughs> and all the all the like little middle school girls start going fucking nuts oh my god you have a boyfriend 
He's in high school. He's so tall. Look at his eyes. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. More importantly, the teacher's like, you guys need to stop. And then just sly as all hell. It's like, hey, yo, here's my number. And she's like, it's hard to meet people when you're a teacher at an all-girls school or something like that. <laughs> I was fucking crying, dude. Yeah, I, I really loved when, like, yeah, they were like, take your glasses off. And he just takes them off. And he has, like, his blue eyes. And they just fall out. But we are. We already knew uh, our man Gojo had all the riz, riz for days. I, that's I was my uh, thought on why he wore the blindfold. He couldn't handle the attention. <laughs> Keep the girls away from the eyes, bro. Yep, yep, has, yep. has nothing to do with his generational superpower. It's just because he's fucking hot. <laughs> I mean, why not, bro? Why not? Oh, god yeah. damn it. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to get into uh, Ghetto's fight? Yeah, but let's do it. So this is kind of the highlight of the episode, in my opinion, besides Go- Gojo's Riz just being off the charts. On one trillion. <laughs> Unmatched. What's his Riz level? <laughs> <laughs> so Ghetto ends up fighting an old ass curse user. He's, 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 he's fucking up there in age. And, you know, the whole thing is this curse user. I don't know if they ever said his name. They didn't. He's talking about how he has a lot of years of experience, so he should be able to take on Ghetto. But it's just like Ghetto is just so overpowered that it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, it was it was cool how they did like, you know, experience versus raw power for this fight. And the old man sitting there thinking he's like, you know, he's a Shinigami user or some type of Shinigami user. And uh, he's like, you know, he probably isn't good at close quarters combat. So I'll just I'll just I'll just pull up on him, start beating his ass. Uh he uses some like evasion techniques and Ghetto has the upper hand the entire time. He makes this man's life flash before his eyes. Dude ends up seeing a dog that he hasn't seen in 50 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Ghetto's got this man in his goddamn head. Dude. And he finally like pull, you know, it's like surprises Ghetto like, and like flanks him. And Ghetto just boxes him the fuck up. He thought our boy Ghetto did not have hands. Dude, you and gotta it- have a pretty sad life if the only thing to flash before your eyes is the dog you had 50 years ago man like no family <laughs> no love of your life none of that just a fucking puppy who who gave you time when nobody else did dude i think his family thought he was like a freak right that's why he didn't have any like a uh, flashbacks yeah. of other people um because he was a shinigami user and like his family knew he could see things that they couldn't see so they were like yeah just stay, stay the fuck away from us uh, which was really sad, actually. I thought that was, it was like a minute worth of backstory. I was like, damn, this guy's been living kind of shit. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. But yeah, in fact, Ghetto does have hands. He gave him the million piece to the face. Um, <laughs> knocks old buddy the fuck out, you know, breaks his nose. Um, and it's a wrap. That was a quick fight. I thought it was going to be a little bit more interesting. But I mean, Ghetto just really had this man outclassed with like just basically raw power and then his youth. Once they got to the hand to hand. I mean, we knew, we knew, we knew ghetto was, you know, pretty OP, but now we're actually seeing that he is actually OP as hell. So. Right. And the, you know, like this, you know, I think this week's episodes, uh, for what we're doing for the rundown, were like a little midish, but this was probably my favorite of the week just because we kind of, kind of got to see Gojo and ghetto like fight a little bit more. Um, I actually really enjoyed it, and also it's also fun. Always fun seeing Gojo beam around on people and not take shit seriously, and still catch bodies. 
<laughs> definitely bad. Yeah, I think overall the week was a little slower, but it's week two, so like it, it makes sense, you know. It, it'll ramp up for sure. Definitely. But yeah, the episode ended with the maid being caught, uh, Kuroi being caught by the. It wasn't Star by Alliance, I think. It was wasn't Star Q. Alliance. Well, Q's gone. It was. I thought it was a couple bounty hunters from. It should that. actually be the bounty hunters. That makes more sense. Yeah. But excited to see where that goes because we're gonna see some boxing next episode for sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, you guys want to talk about the Gojo's like little quick fight before we get on? Uh, sure, I ahead. don't even. I don't even remember it, dude. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, this was funny as fuck. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Gojo's like running away from the chapel with uh the the, the girl the the vessel right and. <clears throat> They get oh, pulled yeah. up on by some fucking clone guy, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, the girl's really worried. It's like, why is there three of them? He's like, there's actually more than that, but just don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then Ghetto's like, you know, on top of this rooftop. And they're surrounded by, I think, four different ones. And uh, the girl's like, uh, Rico's like, which one's the real one? And he's like, they're all ri- they're all the real one. <laughs> and then he starts, Ghetto's, uh, Gojo starts explaining the power to the guy his power to the guy. And he's like, you know, I know that you can like kind of switch your main body around. And this is what I'm thinking. The six eyes is, I think he has the ability to interpret powers because the guy was even asking, how do you understand, you know, what my power is? I've never met you. You've never seen me before. Uh, unless that's just Gojo being very studious and learning about different curse techniques. Um, but then we get to see Gojo use some of his, uh, his limitless technique um, as the guy's like throwing himself at him, it's like, you know, you really just can't hit me. And I thought something that was really interesting was when Gojo used his, uh, tried to use his red power, where it's like the reverse curse technique. <laughs> and he pretty this. much just blasts shit away. Uh, and he couldn't fire it off. He like pulls it up, it's like turning red, and then he just couldn't fire it. And he's like, oh, I messed up, and just <laughs> punched Clone Boy in the face and was like, fight's over. <laughs> So it's like, bro, it's you like, didn't even need to do all that. You were just trying to annihilate this man for no reason. Well, he, he said, he was like, you know, I just wanted to try it out. See if I could see. It just felt different this time. I wanted to see if I could actually do it this time. <laughs> and I was just laughing. I was like, bro, for real, just pulled up and just tried out his practice moves in a real battle. Just because to see if he could do it or not. <laughs> hey, man, when you got it, you got it. You know, yes, you just got, yes. he had won the fight already. I mean. Yeah, I completely forgot. That's why I was saying, though, that I think his six eyes ability lets him perceive cursed energy. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if he can tell that it can change, you know, the main body can change places, essentially, he can probably notice that with his crazy ass fucking eyes. So that's what I was saying about perceiving right. cursed energy. That makes a lot of sense. And we also did learn uh, Gojo's abilities take a lot of, he said they're exhausting to use the limitless technique because, you know, it is so powerful. He can only put a thin layer of it around him. But it takes a lot of stamina. And that's what, you know, uh, uh, Fushiguru was trying to, like, get him to use. Keep using your powers. Keep using your powers. I'm going to make you really tired. By the time I come up to you, you're going to be screwed. But we all know Gojo can box. So I'm actually really excited to see, you know, where that goes next episode. Oh, definitely, man. Awesome. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Awesome. So let's get the One Piece 1069. Very nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, there was only one winner. Luffy versus Kaido. So that title makes me think we're getting the uh, the finale. But uh, 
little do we know. Um, with many of the other raid battles complete, the story shifts focus to Kaido versus Luffy, finally. Luffy knows his gear four is on the clock and is rushing to defeat Kaido before another figure joins in on the roof piece action. So the episode obviously is one piece opens up a little recap at 1068. Um, we see that Guernica gets an order to erase Luffy during his fight with Kaido. And we saw a little recap of Luffy absolutely boxing it up as Snake Man Gear Fourth, which I love. That's like my favorite uh, Luffy form. Snake Man? So far. I love Snake Man, dude. It's only been like, they only shown it twice, but it's so fucking gas. It really is cool. Gumo Gumo no Python with the fucking shanky ass fucking fist flying everywhere. So awesome. <laughs> it, it is. I also liked, uh, what was it? Gum Gum Hydra in this episode. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's it, was like, just... it, looked, it looked like a bunch of Kong fist all at once, and I was like, "Yo, that's actually fucking sick." Yeah, and they're flying around, taking like right angles, left and right, like the Python move does. So it's just crazy to see how he adapts each of his form's strengths to his standard attacks. Yes, and he's very creative in that way. Um, you know, because he's been using like you know pistol and Gatling for a long time, and he's just making up different ways to use it as he levels up. Yeah, one of the things you see with Gear Fourth is he names all his attacks after the animals he sees during his training arc with Rayleigh that we that gets off screened when he's on the island. Mm -hmm. So that's why he has like Kong, Kong Gun, Python, like they're all named after animals, which is really interesting. That is cool. Good little detail. I got a lot of knowledge. I got a lot of. <laughs> I, I, there's a little more than one piece up there when it comes to one piece knowledge. <laughs> But so the episode officially kicks off with Ryza holding it down against Fukuro Kuji, Kuju, Kuju, not Kuji. Um, and Shit. we we finally get our winner, Ryzo of the Mist, <laughs> which I don't believe is a Naruto shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should they do like Gara the Saiyan? Someone of the leaf. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just fucking around with it. <laughs> did you did you actually know that uh he he's the the voice actor for Gas and Say is actually him? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So now that uh, I think about it, it's the same when, fucking voice. When 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 he said when he put on there, you know, uh Naruto reference or whatever, I was like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. This is actually Guy Sensei. I looked it up and confirmed it. Hey, and fuck you, Dan. Rizo is actually Guy Sensei. Oh yeah, there's 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 always so many voice actors. Yeah, no, for real. Don't even get me started on how many fucking characters and dubs are the same guy. Yes, yes, yes. Now, now, since I know this, I'm just waiting for Rizo just to say Kakashi Sensei. And you know, you know, guys, what I learned today was that um, y'all remember like the straight. Uh, the, the the fake straw hats back on Sabiote when they went back. Two yeah. piece? Yeah, two they piece. yeah, two piece. <laughs> <laughs> they they actually just changed the voice actors around. They were the same voice actors for the crew, but they just made them play different fake oh, really? characters. Yes. Really? So the, yeah, dude, I just learned that today. That's funny Damn. as fuck. Yeah. I think I think me and Dan was like talking about two piece a lot the last week, so <laughs> it's oh, funny you just say that. I absolutely just love all the TikTok memes you see where they take like the one piece recap for like 1000 episodes and mm -hmm. replace it with a fake straw hat crew. 
<laughs> so silly. Instead of East Blue, it's West Red. Like they change all the names, like just to meme around. It's so fucking funny. If I find it again, I'll put it in the Discord. Please do, please do. <laughs> but yeah, we got our final big fight. We finally got the winner. So there's only one more to see, which is really exciting. Um after that, you know, um Joseph, is that the CP0 agent with the mask? Not with the, the holding the mask, but the other one. No, uh, Grunika. Okay. Is is the guy that's like, yeah, going up to the roof. But yeah, he, okay. he, he finger pistoled X Drake in the throat. And that was pretty graphic, man. Uh, X Drake is out of the fight, but he wanted to do a little something before he went out. Um, but he went outside. So, yeah, I well, like his, his line. Him, right? Yeah, he did stab him. Yeah, he stabbed him. So. Yeah, he stabbed him pretty good. I did like his line where he's like, um, you know, because he he works for the Marines and mm-hmm. um, Kronika was like, are you sure you want to do this? Essentially, he's like, this just feels right to me, man. I don't know what to tell you. And just fucking stabs him. <laughs> Big ass long sword through the chest. I mean, he did a good job, but in the end, we, you know, he knew. And so did uh, Kronika know that he was going to get clapped. Oh, yeah, dude. So yeah, on the roof, you know, we still, you know, Luffy's still punching, Kaido's still drunk. I did I kind of forgot he was drunk for a while. Um, but we saw the rosy cheeks and uh the, like I said, the gum gum hydra, and then we saw a, a King Cobra attack, which was also pretty cool, you know. Um and then something really unexpected happened and I thought was really funny was uh Luffy got swallowed. And <laughs> <laughs> pause. Um <laughs> by, by Kaido uh, in his in his full dragon form and like got taken up into the air and it was really just a setup a mean ass blast breath and I thought that was really cool and uh, this whole time Luffy's like yeah I only got a few punches left to me man like gear four is gonna be out soon I'm on a time limit and that added a lot of uh, like angst to the show to this episode and uh, you know just a little bit more stakes you, you can't just keep you can't just keep going for the next three months uh, punching which is good to know um. But yeah, after the blast breath, we actually saw him losing like some of his stamina and power, you know, through, via the steam out of his mouth. And he's like putting it back in. He's like, don't leave me now. I, I will fucking <laughs> lose if I, this happens. And that, was, that, was, that was actually wild. Like just watching him like in desperation, trying to catch the steam, you know, and put it back in his mouth. And I'm pretty sure that's not possible, but, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's trying anyways. He's like, no, give me back my energy. You know, I can't lose my energy. Stop, you know, because I have to be, I have to be Kato, you right. know, and it was, it, it was a really good, they done this scene really well because it really made us feel the desperation, I think, in Luffy at the time. So. Yes. Yeah. It definitely did a good job with that. And then, you know, we also had uh, some, some, Flashbacks to Atlanta Wano, uh, Wano uh, you know, and Kaido saying, you know, I did these guys a favor that I didn't kill them. You know, the land of Wano is getting used to being losers. You know, they have their martyrs. Uh, they don't get to eat a lot. You know, they're, they're turning into like a lesser people. And Luffy just wasn't having that shit. Um, and then at the very end of the episode, I mean, we, we see old Gurdnika or wherever it is, whatever his name is, uh, right before like, the big clash at the end of the episode, which was going to be epic. He kind of just holds Luffy down and, and Kaido hits him over the head. And I was very surprised by how Kaido responded to it. 
you know, uh, he looked really disappointed, very sad, like something had been stolen from him because I, I think he just really wanted his victory. Um, well, you got to remember one thing about Kaido is that he wants he's wanted to die like this whole fucking time. Like he just wants to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, and it had a great flashback to Odin having kind of the same thing happen to a mid fight. So Kaido is just pissed that he keeps winning these fights with outside forces interfering. And it, it it's, you know, it's like he's not actually getting to win. It's stolen from him. And the way they showed that on his face and with the music and everything, I fucking loved. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good, actually. Um, you know, I think he knows he's on fraud, fraud, fraud alert right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand him, like, really wanting to win for himself. Because Odin got tricked, you know, um, that the shapeshifter made it look like Momo was in the middle of the battle. And Odin, I mean, uh, Odin was about to clap his ass, too. They were, they were in the middle of a pretty good run. And uh, I think Odin might have actually come out on top against Kaizo back then. Yeah. Kaido, yeah. It's definitely possible. I mean, Odin is fucking yoked, you know? Like, he, oh, yeah. he definitely could have won that fight. I mean, he was probably the first person to ever scar Kaido. So, mm-hmm. um, it for the sake of the story, I guess, good thing it he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Say that to the, the people of the land of Wano. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> hey, we're, this is a story about the straw hats, not Wano. At this point, it feels like it's about Wano, but holy oh shit. Oh my god, yeah. What has it been? Four years? It's been so 400 long. episodes, it feels, feels like, dude. It really does, man. It really does. But, um, yeah, we see Luffy go down for the count. White eyes, knock the fuck out. Potentially dead. Like, let's just see what happens in the next few episodes you know yep i can't talk too much so (laughs) (laughs) there's not we don't have too much room here guys uh but yeah the the episode ended with you know kaido's face about to cry because he couldn't actually defeat luffy himself uh which like i said i'm surprised but i think it was a good thing to to point out and I, i liked how some of the flashbacks were in black and white, like Kaido had like some trauma from that shit or something. Um, very, yeah, very interesting. Definitely, man. So I do want to touch on something that I think we talked about. Oh God, uh, probably ten episodes ago or something like that. With this new hybrid form, I'm starting to think that this is Kaido's awakening, and he just doesn't realize it because he's fucking toasted. <laughs> I I think it is. He looks different than like his normal like a uh, hybrid form. Yeah, the only thing he doesn't have with a lot of the awakened Zoans is you see like clouds around him and shit. And he doesn't have that, but like I don't know. I just feel like it'd be weird that you would have more than one hybrid form because the only person who has that is Chopper because Chopper's got his he's got drugs. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and like you know, there are like some differences between his normal hybrid form and this one. Like the ab- eyebrows on this one are much different. The eyes are different. Uh, the face is a little bit more bulbous. Uh, so maybe it is an awakened form. Yeah, I think I mean, there's a good argument for it, or at least three quarters of the way there. I mean, alcohol technically is a drug, right? You <laughs> <laughs> awaken the drunkenness. I mean, a lot of people were saying uh, last time this happened that uh, you know this was the awakened form. So maybe, maybe it really is this time. So and we just didn't realize it. Yeah, I just feel like it'd be weird because every time somebody's awakened their devil fruit, or sorry, Oda has flat out said it you know right. announced that shit yeah. and it'd be weird if he didn't with kaido but i guess this is like almost awakened maybe he's like three quarters of the way there but it's just weird you know that 
he has this other form and they don't say anything about it you know yeah for sure because it's very different it's very different from his hybrid form it's it's substantially different it's a different fucking color that too <laughs> that too not just the eyebrows not that just he's a full on different color i mean it's a much darker <laughs> shade of blue like i don't know it's just it's just weird but yeah we'll have to look into that a little bit more for the next show and, and come have, back to this for sure i've looked into it plenty there's no answers on the internet there's no answers <laughs> just speculation the internet knows all what just speculation because oh, okay. the goda never came out and said nothing help us oda help us it's gonna come out in like an sbs like two years from now oh that was kind of was awakened for him like you son of a fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to make us sweat a little but yeah so um break for one piece next week and then we are getting to some potentially biggest anime episodes of the year coming Jeez. up um no spoilers Wait. but there's not a break next week is yeah there, there is there's a break I next the break week. was uh after next week 1070 no, is next week right no, it said break. Um, I put it. I, I saw a TikTok in our tour on Arter or whatever his name is uh, on Twitter said break next week, and then ten seventy, ten seventy one, ten seventy two. So they're not gonna do a break in between ten seventy and ten seventy one. I mean, recap? I can I can find it again, but what I saw was that there's a break next week. Because I've seen somewhere that there was gonna be a break, a recap episode after ten seventy. Um. That's why 1071 got pushed back to August 5th. Um, so oh, it, if that's the case, then like uh, <laughs> it's going to be August 13th or whatever before 1071 hits. Nope. And I'm pretty sure the official is... I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at it right here. So we just watched 1069, Anime yep. on Break, the 23rd, 1070 on the 30th, which is uh, chapter 1043. August 6th is 1071, and August 13th is 1072. Oh, well, that's 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 even better. So we don't have to have a break in between. So yeah, cool. we just have it next week. So awesome. much better to do it this. I think much better to do it this way, honestly, because like the next three episodes are just going to keep building off each other and putting a break between would have been really fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what they did uh, with Zoro and Sanji, too. So, you know. Yeah, and, no, we're not getting a recap, which is beautiful. We're just getting a break. Yeah. I'd rather have a break, honestly. Unless they do a recap, but I don't think they will. Fuck a recap. I feel like they would have said something, right? They yeah. usually, yeah, they they usually announce recaps. So let's well, let's hope it stays true to that. So yes, sir. yeah. I mean, this is coming from a guy on Twitter that I will very much trust with any One Piece information. So mm. awesome. Well, if you guys hope you enjoyed the old weekly rundown. Uh, episode 24. Yeah, 24. Um, <laughs> we're cruising, guys. Oh boy, <laughs> we've almost been doing this podcast thing for half a year. <laughs> Damn, GG's. Go, boys. Awesome. If you want to join the Discord, check out our socials and more. Linktree.com slash anime degens. And we'll catch you guys on Thursday for the bullshit hour. <gasps> Fucking, we got some great topics coming up. Hope to see you guys then. Bye. Later. Bye.